The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Huge amount of people getting in touch on that number about kids' participation in sport. We were talking about it a little bit earlier uh, today. Uh, Shane Coleman, for example, my News Talk Breakfast uh, colleague, I uh, was giving his take, his own experience of being a coach right through different age groups. And Shane mentioned himself another Shane, Shane Smith, a sports scientist and primary school teacher. Shane Smith is with me now. Who better, we thought, to follow up the conversation than the man cited earlier. Shane, you're very welcome to the show. How do people Teachers, parents, coaches, associations, federations, whatever they may be, how do they tackle this thorny issue of keeping children playing and not having them sitting on the sidelines? Well, there's no simple solution to tackling this because, I mean, sports and coaches, we're all, everyone has different ideas and different philosophies and different ways of coaching children or coaching adults. But I, I firmly believe, Karen, that Clubs need to define why they coach and define what they're about and define what success looks like. Um, because if you don't define what that looks like, others will define it for you, be that new parents, be that new coaches, or even players themselves will define it for you. So a club having a definition of why they're there and what their role is in the local community. And that role could consist of five or six key points around we are here to include all children, give equal, give equal game time and ensure no one is a sub every week and ensure equal opportunity for all. It's interesting. I remember in our own club last year we had um, someone from the um, Camogie Association out kind of coaching the coaches doing a little thing, you know, teaching us all drills that we should be doing. Uh, and he asked us that question about success. What is a successful year? And how he defined it and, and what he was suggesting our definition should be was a successful year or a successful session is a training session where all the girls leave and they all want to come back the following day. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's how you know you're doing plenty right as a coach. They're all coming back. They bounce in the gate. They say hello, they play with their friends. And you know, I mean, I know I tweeted this a while ago, like the longer I coach, the more I realise that the coaching isn't about making children technically brilliant from an early age. They're retaining them playing until a later age. And I really believe that retaining players in our clubs is success because if we have the right philosophy across all our ages, we will retain the children and that philosophy includes equal opportunity for all. What we do see, say, under 8, under 9, 10, 11, we see, generally see a good philosophy around then about roll-on, roll-off, subs, equal game time. But it gets a little bit competitive when we come into the teenage years and we're looking at a drop-off 40, 50% sometimes around those age groups. So that's an area that I think we can really, really improve on. Yeah, and how to do it? Because I think mo- mo- we're getting the odd horror story in of 8 or 9-year-olds kind of being sidelined. But in fairness, I think they're real outlier situations. I think most of the big sporting bodies in this country would be very good up to early teens in, in, in inclusivity. Now, there's exceptions to that, I know. But it's it's when you get into 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, it, that's when it gets tricky, isn't it? Because yeah. the, the kids themselves are, are much more self-aware. They know who's good and who isn't. They, they're, they're more attuned to winning and losing and the coaches are as well. And then you've got the failure when it comes to Gaelic games and all of the nonsense that brings in. It all it all gets muddier. 
it all gets muddied because it all gets overly competitive too soon, Kieran. And that's you see the joy um, during their goal games, for example, on a Saturday morning. You see hurling football, camogie, and it's a wonderful place to coach. But as we creep up the ages a bit, we kind of lose the philosophy of what it's all about. And let's go back to the real basics of the white children play sport. They aren't playing sport to win every trophy that's out there. They're playing sport with their friends in a social environment to have fun and to improve their skill set. So if you can meet those needs of 8, 9s and 10s, why can't you continue to meet those needs as they go to 11, 12, 13 and 14? And some of the research around why children are dropping out of sports, um, there's one that just suggests that there's a lack of fun, excessive criticism and pressure to perform. And pressure to win is a massive area around why children are leading sports. Um, and the question of us ask children after a match is, did you win? <laughs> so immediately, yeah. if that's the question we're asking them, we're setting their children up for failure. So our questions as parents and coaches and adults probably need to give, give them a little bit more thought around, did you enjoy that? What position were you playing? Did you get much ball contact? Who were you playing against? Because we are the role model. And if we can add a sense of perspective to winning and losing for children in sport, well, then they can learn that way too. You you have to, like coaches then in those age groups, I mean, they need to show a bit of bravery, I guess, do they? And that's, look, that's easier said than done as well. I'm lucky mine are still young enough that I'm not dealing with any of this nonsense really yet. We're still very much in the go games phase uh, of their glittering sporting careers. Um, But, um, you know, the the, the coach has to be a bit brave maybe and, and say, you know what, maybe this isn't the best thing to do for the team in terms of, winning outright but it is the best thing to do for the players is to have this rotation policy well the best thing to do for the players is to ask them did they do their best and isn't that success as well Karen? in any walk of life to ask children did you do your best because a child can do no more than their best and that's attainable and that's achievable and that's intrinsic so if we ask children those sort of questions did you do your best out there and they come back with a yes well well, that's success too. So, I mean, even at the younger age, we, we see a lot of coaches coming back in to coach their own children on their eight, under nine. And maybe they finished playing recently enough and they're trying to impose that adult-style coaching philosophy on children in sport. And, and, and it doesn't work. The children won't respond to that. They'll respond to, to a full enjoyment with their friends and developing um, at a task. So once we meet the needs, we'll generally see children remaining in sport, and, and the rush to elitism knows no bounds sometimes, you know. We need to slow things down just a little bit and let the children be the children that they're meant to be instead of the adults that we want them to be. At what age, though, Shay? And maybe it's impossible to answer. It's a thing that happens kind of incrementally across the age spectrum we're talking about through the teens. But, like, at what age do you end up with grading and more focus on competition because ultimately yeah. I, you know you are getting closer to kind mm-hmm. of if we'll describe maybe senior club whether it be rugby soccer or, or, or Gaelic games as elite kind of the elite the most elite that most people will play yeah, well, we have to just look at, I suppose, it's very hard to put an age on, like, when do we get serious? You know, like, I mean, that's such an open-ended question. When do we get serious? I think the children themselves will tell you when they want to get a bit serious. And they're the children who might bring the football home with them, who might want to develop the skill sets in their own time. Because we're coaching these children, I suppose, you know, one hour a week, the teenagers. And, you know, what they do in their own time is going to give them that platform to improve. And some reason why girls quit sports, actually, in their teens is interesting. 
for some reason there is from a study in 2016 it's like there's an increased focus on performance there's an increased focus on results there's new coaches and there's a change of coaches attitude so those areas are the reasons why girls are quitting sports and it's very very I mean it's there for all to see as to why they're quitting sports it's getting too focused on performance and on results Alright listen we'll leave it there Shane Smith sports scientist and primary school teacher Shane thanks a million for joining us here on the show we've had an incredible reaction right throughout the afternoon talking about this issue I should say for people who are unaware what kicked this off was Jen Hogan had a really interesting piece in the Irish Times today if you haven't read it you should seek it out and read it where she was sharing the experiences of other people people she'd spoken to on this very issue on on kids participation in sports and some horror stories about very young kids being left on the sideline and the erosion of their self-confidence and self a sense of self-worth uh, uh, that went with it uh, and uh, people feel really really strongly about it and that was obvious from the reaction online and elsewhere to Jen Hogan's article and to our discussions on the issue Kieran here's just one listener Kieran I was on an under 11 I was rather an under 11 soccer coach and I lost players not because we didn't give them playing time but because we gave them all that but because we lost week in week out because we played very weak players to give them time on the field but because we did and lost others they were fed up of losing and they gave up anyway which is an issue that Shane Coleman raised earlier not so much with under 11s but he said you know if you have an absolutist approach to rotation and the team does lose all the time then you're going to lose players as well so um, is that the answer to keeping kids interested is what maybe it isn't I don't know I don't think there is an easy answer, which is why so many people have opinions on it. Like this listener, Kieran, this isn't new. I was brought to Croke Park as a squad member of our CIT college first years. At the start of the game, my coach told me to take off the tracksuit. Of course, I was delighted, heart pumping with adrenaline. He then handed me the linesman flag and told me I was linesman for the day. I threw it on the ground and sat on my own in the empty stand and I never played again. And I am 59 years old now. I mean, that is an awful, an awful way. I appreciate it. It's what, uh, 40 odd years ago for you maybe a little less but that is an awful way to treat somebody who is even beyond the teenage years you're in college already but you should have deserved a run out in Croke Park it's so rare anyone gets to play there somebody else says I stopped going to my kids games due to other parents shouting abuse at refs players and coaches I'm involved with training kids and I believe in teaching them about winning and losing and you get nothing for free etc but when will coaches realise how many players are lost by coaches focusing only on the best players whereas a less confident child given a bit of encouragement could thrive and usually most most teams have three or four standout players which will cancel each other out but if you can improve your weaker players they are the ones that will make a difference I have to say I really like what Shane Smith just said there a moment ago uh, about how you talk to kids after the match and when they say oh, we had a game today you don't say well did you win you say well did you give it your all and that's the question you ask and it instills in them the type of attitude that is healthy when it comes to an approach to sport. That you go out there and you try your best and that's all that you can expect of anyone. Not the winning and the losing. Let them focus on that when they get a little bit older. I suppose what we're asking today is where you draw that line. Anyway, keep those texts coming. 53106. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.